Hi everyone, welcome to episode 2 of Turn Right. In today's episode, we're going to be talking the secrets of world building, how you can really dive into your world and build it to the best of your ability so that it's interesting to readers and literary agents alike. If you know me, you know my favorite genre to write in is science fiction. So I have five ways that you can really build and develop your world. Number one, have a backstory but reveal it slowly. I think one of the biggest challenges science fiction writers can face is starting their novel and revealing too much too quickly, doing info dumping and telling things that are non-essential really to the plot or the characters, but just so you give your readers a better idea of what's going on. Um, I think that the first three chapters of your story should really focus on the plot and the character development. After that, it's okay to bring in some more backstory using techniques like dreams, minor characters, etc. Um, In your first chapter, especially if your first chapter is on the shorter end of things, I would personally not write more than three sentences about the technical details of your world. I think a good approach to this is to do two sentences in a row that really develop some key aspect of your world, and then one sentence more as a cliffhanger, maybe towards the end of your final paragraph, that kind of draws the reader in and says, hey, there's a lot more to this world than what we see. We can see the tip of the iceberg, but we know there's a big current underneath that's eventually going to make it snap. I think that a good place to really delve more into the backstory of your characters or the world is after the first plot point. Up until that point, you should really be building the conflict, plot, and characters But the first plot point will really throw your character off his game and intrigue and confuse the reader, hopefully. So then as a pacing trick, you can slow down and build the backstory because backstory is very important because it gives your characters and your world the depth necessary to be interesting for 90,000, 100,000 words. Number two, objects in the world must have depth and meaning. If you're going to describe any object in the world, Um, You know, whether it's the traffic lights or the pizza cutter or the bottle of shampoo. And if you're going to spend like more than one sentence on it, it better be darn important in advancing the plot. If you have too many random objects described in your world, this can be a big sign that you're telling more than you're showing. As Mark Twain once said, bring the old lady on and let her scream. There's a lot of intricacies in sci-fi. You may have this important war that really sparked your society and you may need to reveal that to your readers even though there's going to be another war and that's kind of the focal point of the action. So maybe your protagonist wasn't alive during this war. A good way to explain it would be having the character's grandfather and the grandfather's friend sit down with the protagonist at lunch one day and maybe show the protagonist their random key that they found in the desert from this war and how they've had it ever since then and maybe this key has some sort of magical power or it unlocks something that's a big key aspect of your world and better if you have your characters come out and This can be minor characters, even if your protagonist wasn't alive, but the fact that they're sitting down and there's dialogue and there's description about this physical object, that makes it very, very relevant. You can also have your character, you know, flash back to a dream. Maybe they were alive during this war 
and you can go deep inside their head in a flashback dream. Again, I think this is a good place to put after your first plot point. As writers, we can spend all this time coming up with our world. All of these things fascinate us. Maybe the traffic lights in our world are actually blue, and maybe they help control society because we can't have cars out during certain times because there's so much pollution in the air. Well, you know, if that is relevant to your story, then go for it and describe those traffic lights in detail. But maybe it's not so relevant to your story and, you know, you have a totally different theme. Maybe your theme is actually about how true love is eradicated from society and maybe this pollution element is just very minor. So you really have to gauge on what what is important to your theme, what is moving your story forward, because you only have a precious amount of time to gain your reader's interest. Remember that the things in your head that you may have thought of may sound really interesting, but unless they're meaningful to your character or intriguing to your plot, they're not going to really interest your reader in the same way that they interest you yourself. Number three, the world must be sexy and cool. That was definitely a mistake I made in my first novel, The Sweep. The protagonist's love interest, Fitz, is very sexy in my opinion, and there is a heavy element of romance, which I thought would in turn make the world sexy because I thought that the world was reflected through Fitz, but not everyone felt that way. So in order to kind of circumvent that issue, I would say that the world itself must be sexy, which is hard when you're writing Orwellian sci-fi, like to teach a lesson or to have a moral from your story. And my my world, The Sweep, was very dark and very relevant, unfortunately, to today's culture with the coronavirus and all of these crazy things. So the world, in my opinion, was interesting and dark, but it was not sexy. I think an author that did a really great job of making her world sexy was Veronica Roth and the Divergent series. It's very sexy how Triss joins Dauntless and they're jumping off trains, they're climbing up to the Ferris wheel, they're going out and getting tattoos. It's really exciting and sexy and in addition for the love interest is also very sexy. If you're writing um, more fantasy or more geared towards a younger YAF audience. Um, I think it's equally as important to make your novel cool. And I think JK Rowling does a phenomenal job with that throughout the Harry Potter series. There's so many cool things about Harry Potter, you know, Diagon Alley, going out and choosing these wands that are kind of representative of your personality and give you these magical abilities. The whole aspect of muggles versus wizards and witches is cool in and of itself. Um, the fact that Harry is a big Quidditch star, the chocolate frogs, Bertie Bots, Every Flavor Beans. I mean, these things are real consumer products now. That's how cool they were that, you know, companies thought it was cool enough to manufacture and sell to other people. So I think it's really important that if you want to get published in a traditional publishing climate in this day and age, even if you are writing more of a moralistic uh, George Orwell type science fiction to make the world sexy and cool. Number four, reflect the world through the character's eyes. Um, I was listening to a Writing Excuses podcast a few weeks ago and they seemed to think it was kind of the other way around. It was harder to get 
um, the world into society at large and harder for society to be the representation of the world. But I think it's harder for the character to be representative of the world. And that may have to do with my Myers-Briggs type and the fact that I'm an extroverted feeler. And I always think about how society connects because for me, it's very easy to, to create my world through other people rather than my protagonist and I think that's also an attribute of writing a flat character arc because your protagonist is going to be a little bit smarter a little bit more informed than the rest of the world but it's very important for the world to have shaped your character it's very important for your character to understand the punishments of taking the wrong actions and it's very important for these wars or these magic systems or whatever it is to have shaped your character and for them to be a very distinctive part of the world and not just someone you know today in society because I think it's also very easy to create characters you know based off people we know or having you know little attributes of ourselves out in society in the year 2020 in the United States in Pittsburgh New York City and Canada um, but we really need to kind of separate the realistic and interesting attributes of our characters from how the character was shaped by the world. So always make sure that the world is reflected through your character's eyes. And if you pluck your character, you know, from your story, that you understand exactly what the world is about. I think that Veronica Roth could have done a better job with this in Divergent because I didn't really understand how Triss really was divergent. I mean, yes, she controlled these simulations. Yes, we got the sense that she didn't fit in anywhere, but I think she tested for three of the factions, Abnegation, Erudite, and Dauntless. And I definitely saw her being Dauntless. But to be honest, I didn't really see how she was Abnegation until much later in the story. And I really didn't see how she was erudite. I mean, yes, we got the, the element that she was smart, but I think that that wasn't something that was super apparent. I think it would have been better if Triss had friends like minor characters in Amity and Candor, and they kind of played more of an integral role, and we could see that juxtaposition between her and those other characters. And I think it was more apparent as the series went on, but I don't think like the first half of the, of the Divergent book, like I don't think that was an apparent part of how that aspect of the world was really reflected inside of her. Number five, theme is both the ripple and the current, but it's not the waterfall. Theme shouldn't be the most glaringly apparent thing about your story. Yes, in sci-fi, oftentimes we are writing about these moral and immoral things that are happening in society. We are making a point I know George Orwell has this great quote about how when he sits down to write, he doesn't sit down to write to entertain. He sits down to take his characters to trial. And I tried looking up the exact quote, but for some reason I couldn't find it. But despite this, theme is both the ripple and the current. It's the reason why the characters do something. And it's also the effect of what the characters choose. So it is really important to keep your novel progressing that you do have this theme wrapped around the plot points deep within the characters but at the same time you know your story should be about something different than what it's about on paper so just remember to utilize your theme in everything but don't be preachy with it um, make sure that your characters are characters and you know they're going to be irreverent they're going to not always choose the right thing so make sure that 
your characters are less than perfect and the theme is not too controlling of everything that happens. Those are my five secrets of world building. I would love if you guys would tell me yours. Um, interact with me on Twitter. That's probably the best way to talk with me. I hope that you'll consider subscribing to this podcast if you found it helpful and leave me a review. I will talk to you on our next road trip. Keep writing, keep reading, keep querying.